Welcome to Integral Christian Network Podcast, where we explore ways of evolving towards a more loving, inclusive, and embodied mystical Christianity. Okay, so we'll begin with a short practice to move us into our bodies, into a space of full knowing and openness, to enter into this conversation with our full embodied awakened self. So begin by moving to your heart, feeling the energy in your heart space, breathing air around your heart as you sink down into the radiant center and feel the energy emanating there, the love, maybe the bliss. And now down to your feet, wiggle your toes, feel your feet grounding to the earth. If you are still, let roots grow from the bottom of your feet. If you are moving, dip your feet in the stream and moving into presence. and the energy of the earth. And now your spiritual womb. Feel yourself in the ground of your being, centering into your core, your divine identity. and the wellspring of God continuously creating you in each moment. And now your head. With a cleared, vibrant stillness, open to receiving. from our whole being, open to a rising of emergent possibility and new wisdom. So speaking of new emergence and possibility, it would be fun for this particular podcast to sort of dream a bit. Um, You may say, I'm a dreamer, Luke, but I'm not the only one, and I know that you are inviting us all to join you so that we can have some fun. So let's talk about maybe your experience and my experience and kind of, and I know our, our listeners also have their insights and experiences to see where is this whole thing going? I mean, ICN is part of a new emergence. It's it's a return to Christianity as as we believe it was being experienced thousands of years years ago. But it's also doing that in today's context with today's language and metaphors and experiences and 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 all the sciences that have come online since hum, since humanity has been working with it. So I'm just wondering with you, where do you see Christian spirituality? Where do you see it's at currently? And where do you see it going? 
you know, what, where do you, where do you think given its current trajectory that it, what, that it's growing, progressing, evolving into? Yeah. Well, that's a giant question, but I think, yeah, well, that's what we want to do today is sort of enter into that space of what is possible where might Christianity be heading? What are some of the currents, some of the unfoldings of evolution? And we do sort of subscribe to an evolutionary Christianity in the sense that what is unfolding, what is emerging, what is arising is new. And there are all sorts of possibilities for how things can grow and develop and move us into a more evolved space, a more complex, a more inclusive, more loving, um, and opening up the possibilities. I mean, there's so many changes that we're seeing happening in the world, just even in the last 30 years, right? 40, 50 years, and the potential for connection and, you know, whether that be technological tools or organizing or, um, you know, different different spaces or ways of, of interacting with each other. There's so much there. So that's that's dream a little bit today. That's maybe uh, look for a couple of seeds, a couple of sprouts, a couple of um, saplings, and potentially see what kind of trees they might become in our dreaming vision of what's possible for the future of Christianity. Yeah, I think this is going to be a really fun conversation. You know, given the fact that my vocation is in ministry, this is kind of a unique vantage point in that sense and in terms of where my denomination's headquarters it's you know it's like i don't know 15 miles from where i live so i you know sometimes we've put the eye of sauron above the the building itself but you know we live very very close we know we're within eye shot almost of of where our headquarters uh, denominational headquarters are and it's always been interesting to be one of the first four churches in that particular movement. And so even our campus has this historical value to it. Um, and so I, I bear our history in mind when I, when I have these kinds of dreaming sessions as to, you know, in particularly my context, where, where's the church at and where it's going? I know it's a huge conversation. Um, I, you got a huge brain, so I'm not concerned about whether or not that can be articulated and encapsulated, but I'll just say, uh, from my own limited point of view, um, there's a few different things. I, I know people are hungry for spirituality, and, and it's now very, very understandably trendy to say I'm spiritual but not religious. There's kind of this post-religious spirituality that's, that's easy to align oneself with now that sort of institutional Christianity has largely failed to capture imagination, to be engaging in some relevant way or meaningful way. Um, rituals can be meaningful, you know, songs can be meaningful, so on and so forth. But if you're not um, engaging people, if conversations are off limits, so on and so forth, it can render the what seems to be the structure of common religion rather moot so before i jump into maybe where i'm dreaming it would be interesting to hear maybe uh some kind of context through which 
you want to say, this is where I see where things are at on a religious level and, and you know, where we might be going from there. Yeah, I think that's a great place to start in kind of understanding this shift of, you know, religious and spiritual. And when people say that and that, you know, the SBNR or spiritual but not religious, it's what, what are we saying? What do we actually mean by that, that we're not religious? And usually what they mean by religion is institutionalized forms, is these kind of large systems that seem to often become processes for Mm, and there's lots of different ways we can look at this, right? But maybe become processes for uh, perpetuating themselves rather than really advancing the cause of what Christianity is. And that also changes as we evolve too, right? It's, you know, there's there's sort of um, certain stages where Christianity is much more tribal and it's about evangelizing and bringing people in and getting them to join the camp and, and be a part of that. And, and so some of that also is goals and what gets kind of um, calcified into the structures of um, what church is and where it comes from. And, and, and yeah, this, this fascinates me looking back at the history of, of the ways that churches are organized and what, what we do on a Sunday morning and why do we do that and where did it come from and, and how many hundred years ago did that start and what, what kind of, uh, aim was that serving? And, um, you know, that, that's all big stuff with church and it looks different, whether it's Catholic or different forms of Protestantism. Of course, again, it's, it's wide ranging. Um, but a lot of people get caught up in that because it, it doesn't necessarily seem to, for many people, uh, draw them forth into deeper spirituality, into a real experiential empowered, uh, owned process of meeting the divine. No, for some people. Yeah. And, and even also look, being able to look back and recognize that say, well, I got to this point where I'm craving for more because the church brought me here or because there was a container or, or that conveyor belt to bring me along. And we can appreciate that and value that function of sort of the traditional church as well. Um, so there's a whole lot there, of course. Um, but I was wondering what, what grabs you from all that? Oh man, so much. And I, I want to be careful not to get for myself lost in the minutia of why the way our particular, this is ICN. And so we are talking about Christian spirituality on this podcast, but you know, it's like the way, you know, it, you see new Testament spirituality being practiced in the early church. If the average Christian were to walk today's Christian were to walk into, you know, the first hundred years or two, 200 to 300 12 years into Christianity, you know, they would be run for the door screaming. It would not make any sense as to what they were doing then and compared to what Constantine did when he made Christianity the religion of empire in 313. And then they started merging sort of pagan liturgies with Christian liturgy and Christian theology. And the services ended up running in a way that made sense to the Romans at, and the the so the Greco-Romans at that time, and then you have all this 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 lineage going on where you had to go underground to keep that that Christian spirituality, that the deeper esoteric and interiorized communion spirituality alive. Uh, and and then the Protestant Reformation came along, and it just became this. You know, we went from a two-party system to 
I don't know what the count is today. Some say 30,000, others say 40,000. It's split off into a lot of different streams. But there's always seemed to be this tension between interior engagement with, with divinity. And by interior, I don't mean just individual. Um, interior can, can be the interiors of others as well as the interior of the, of the self. Um, and then the exterior forms of spirituality. And as you said, even the exterior forms can be meaningful and get us to certain places. But if we stay true to the journey, uh, it, it begins, if it's not meeting us at those deeper levels interiorly, it can be, end up being a little frustrating. But before we get to where I think the exterior and the interior being integrated and where that could go in spirituality, I want to make sure I'm not getting ahead of you. Is there anything that you heard me say that you'd like to riff on before we move that conversation forward? Well, the yeah, there's a, a very long and complex history of Christianity and how structures have unfolded and the right. way that we gather denominations. Uh, first, ICN is not affiliated or associated with any specific Christian denomination or organizational uh, understanding. So right. uh, we don't have any ties or need to appease or, um, you know, I, I've always been personally uh, kind of an optimizer. <laughs> and I, uh, at a young age, I felt sort of a call to ministry, right? Like, oh, I really want to serve the church or this is what life is about for me. And so early on, I thought, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to become a pastor and I'm going to like light a fire under these mm-hmm. suburban complacent Christians that are just here to do what, you know, <laughs> and then it evolved and, oh, we need to more church, you know, find a better expression, find a better, we're going to do house churches. We're going to get back to original Christianity or, oh, we're going to, we're going to do a new monastic community and really live out and go to the, you know, the desert and all these things. And, and all that's great. I mean, the structure is important and, and there's different forms that have evolved and, and certainly better ways that we can move into engaging, you know, what it's really all about. But, but there's such a wide variety of what it's all about for people. Some people go to church just for community to find some other people that they can get to know and connect with. And some people go to church to, to engage in spiritual practice and meet God and have a divine encounter. And, and some people, you know, I mean, there's, there's just a myriad of, of possibility of allowing for how we encounter the divine. That could be through one another in a friendship. That could be through a potluck, through, you know, so, so you know, I don't want to over-spiritualize and get to the point to say, well, this is the exact right way to do it. But I think there are certainly some some more evolved forms that can lead us into more liberation, right? We're into a space, again, moving to the interior where we are empowered to take ownership of our spirituality, take ownership of our journey in connecting with the divine in the many ways that that can happen. We don't need to go and watch a show or listen to someone tell us how it is that the intermediary in all of its various forms. Um, and that's really what we're passionate about at ICN is also, you know, helping people move into that in and out of themselves, but then potentially, possibly at some point creating and helping to bring people together to support one another and collaborate on what future forms can emerge to better facilitate the the different ways of connection, the different desires of Christian spirituality that might be arising in our 21st century and beyond. Yeah, that's beautifully, beautifully put. And I'll, and I'll say before, maybe I, I jump into where I, I think I see things going. The way that we, we're kind of a weird community in our context because 
just and and we're not a we're not one of those sexy handlebar mustache you know skinny jeans kind of churches but we're we're unique in the sense that you know we have people that are all over the various theological spectrums political spectrums we you know we're strange in the sense that we will do you know sort of contemporary worship hymnal kind of worship we'll do sacred chants we'll sing the psalms you know we'll sit in meditation you know we'll we have all kinds of formational questions on the walls, Q&A during teachings. Um, in, the, in a certain sense, the way that I've tried to integrate, you know, my own journey into how we've tried to work things out spiritually. And, I, you know, i leaving my wife out of that conversation. She's the, you know, one of the main pastors here as well. And so it, she's bringing her dynamism to all of this as well. But really, like, how do you do church in a post-structural way? which is really what I'm getting at is, you know, I, the way that I'm seeing things going is that church has largely, the phenomena of modernist movement in churches has been either you are a sort of Walmart-style church or you are a mom-and-pop, um, very small community, the sort of middle-class church, if you will. The middle-sized churches are largely going the way of the, the dinosaur. And so... I'm trying to find, we're trying to find this third way. And the third way is just how do we be a local sustainable community, a community that makes sense to its neighborhood, that looks like its city, you know, it's, 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 it's heterogeneous, you know, culturally and ethnically speaking, like we're, we've got that here where I'm blessed to say. And, but, you know, it's not just, again, exoterically diverse, but it's spiritually diverse as well. And I think that's where I'd love to at least steer some of this conversation and get some of your insights on this as well, Luke, is that, you know, what do we see a post-structural Christian spirituality becoming? In other words, let's, let's, let's be careful not to say, I think this, this is what it will be, but what do we see it becoming given integral Christian spirituality? What does post-structural Christian spirituality look like? in your estimation? Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's a great question and applying it to the local church and what that looks like, you know, I think that's spot on what you're seeing. And in many ways, especially with COVID and some of the ways our world is changing, it's, it's already been moving much and more, much more digital online into, into spaces, you know, so the local, you know, there's also sort of a a movement back to that as well to local in person. But I think that'll be really interesting to see how that unfolds for local church communities. You know, ICN as an online community and a connection of people across the country and across the whole world. I mean, the structure there is really moving into a network, uh, to a mesh network of connection to where you can find someone who might live halfway across the world, but is connecting on the exact same thing that you're connecting on. And I think it kind of ties into the age of specialization, uh, whether you talk about Walmart or a one-stop shop, mom and pop shop, you know, church in the past has very much been a space of, come here for all of your spiritual needs, right? This is where you come, you get everything. But in our, our digital age of specialization, you know, you can go listen to your local pastor or you can, you know, tune into any pastor around the world almost, or you could listen to a recorded Ted talk or a, you know, a podcast of, of a great spiritual teacher that, 
that again, you know, local pastors are going to have a hard time keeping up with, uh, you know, (laughs) those, those people who, you know, it's kind of that specialization or the music, right. People want to, you know, there's certain styles that they tune into and they can get on Spotify and just, you know, have, have their own. And that can be kind of individualized, right. Certainly. And we can fight against that kind of specialization or even can move into commodification of certain elements of spirituality. But I do think there's, you know, we can fight that or we can understand that that's a movement that's happening uh, with technology and in the world today with younger generations that, um, you know, maybe specializing into a particular element of spirituality or an element of. So so anyway, that's one thought of, of kind of the one stop shop that holds all of everything for everyone. I don't know if, if that'll be the, the way that things look. Uh, speaking of post-structuralism, right? Um no, I you're, you're nailing it, but I th- I think one way that I would also um, sp- um, maybe put a, a, a different perspective on that is that the church, as as Paul Smith likes to say it, when it moved to America, it became a business, and so when we're talking post structural, we're also talking about post church as business structure, right? So you talked about specialized. You know, that the, the church became the specialized way. You know, we've got stuff for your kids. We've got stuff for, you know, your dogs. We've got programs. If you had a wart on your arm at, in the seventh grade, you know, we got a program to, to help you deal with that. And, um, you know, the church had to be everything to everybody all at once. And uh, if you weren't programmatic, um, you, you, you didn't really have enough for what the average consumer was looking for. And I think that's part of the post structure that we're we're also talking about is what does an authentic relationally based community look like and what kind of spirituality is it practicing? It's got to move beyond. Again, it, it, it can be justice oriented. It can be, you know, psychological, psychologically healing it can be many things. It can be spiritually deep and, and enriching, um, but it's also moving beyond approaching a human being as a consumer. So that means that the person who might be searching for a genu- genuine community is going to have a hard time trying to find it in these days. But I think to, if we're if we're moving away from how do we pay the pastor, how do we pay for the campus? And I'm saying that as one who's paid for and lives on a campus. But, you know, if if the campus is not doing local sustainable things to, you know, benefit the community, but it, that, that that's fine. But it has to come from an enriching, deep spiritual s- resource. And again, I'm not saying this to butter our bread, but what I think I see and is doing with our WeSpace group is really providing, uh, you know, the the... And the minority at this point, point, I believe it'll become a majority down the line. But at least at this point, like there's a minority group of people saying, I want to do all this justice work and do amazing things and, you know, care for people and, and, I'll, and, and have a group that I belong to. But I also have to be practicing, you know, a, a, a deep formational, heart opening, embodied spirituality that that's. And I'm going to say it, and I've never heard you say it, but I'm going to say it, Luke, that is allowing people to experiment with psychic spirituality, for lack of a better. Do you have a better word that you like to use for that? 
Or is that good for you? Yeah. Tend not to use that word because of a lot of the negative. All the baggage. Yeah. Which is fine, you know, but it is sort of a deeper knowing. It's a spiritual knowing. It's a way of fuller consciousness. Right. But I want to go back to what you're saying about, you know, church's business and this shift from program and content to generative community. Right. So the focus is not on, you know, again, what do we produce that people can buy in one way or another, right, <laughs> or consume as passive receivers of something of a product and business models organized around that. And logistically, the shift from that into generative empowered communities, that that's going to take some change. It's going to take some work, right? Because we, in our culture, you know, we have certain things that we're used to paying for certain things, you know, expectations of what we do when we go to church or what we don't or what we pay for what we don't. So that that's a whole other conversation. But when we move into a generative community, into a space of, you know, we're, we're organized around how do we connect people with one another and what is that for? Right. So we're facilitating connections that can help empower us into deeper spiritual practice, right? Spaces like we space where we can have a mystical community with people from across the world, because maybe those people are a little harder to find in, in my local city. Right. Uh, we are connecting people who might have similar interests in their work or their passions and we can support one another in that and collaborate on new possibilities of of generating that's that's that idea of a network right where we're bringing people together to um, not to start new businesses or find ways but really to generate possibility for the healing of the earth for being mystics in the world for transforming and liberating people into connecting more deeply with the divine and engaging in the world and earth uh, in a way that's that's more generative and liberated and hope-filled and full of love so i got into a little you know, visionary mode there of, of excitement, it. but yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's definitely this, um, <clears throat> you know, the way of knowing in a deeper sense in that, you know, you use that word psychic, but that more holistic, um, transrational knowing that is more full and is a different way of operating and being in the world. That's certainly connected to the possibility of, of a new, not only a new Christianity, but a new humanity, <laughs> right? That there's, um, there's so much more that we can become, that we can evolve into through our participation in our divine nature. And, um, yeah, that's a whole other conversation as well about integral prayer and moving into, uh, our development in that sense. Well, you know, I, I think maybe this is a good way to wrap up is that, in the, especially in the word that you just used, that when we're practicing infinite spirituality and, and, and spirit is infinite and we're growing, we're becoming more and more aware, more and more equipped, more and more attuned to that infinite nature of spirituality, it's, it's not just infinite in a particular category of a way of being, it's it's an infinite way in all categories of our being, and so the the inf- the infinite nature of spirituality is not just say to use the common phrase. It's not just vertical; it's also horizontal, and it gives us an even greater capacity to be interconnected w- with one another, not just in terms of words, not just in terms of actions 
but in terms of our capacity to relate to, with, and for one another, and to bring an even higher sense of interconnection, of relationality, of practicing emotional literacy, spiritual potency. I mean, all of these things. It, it's the the sort of vertical horizontal nature of spirituality is that it's or to use the four quadrant model, the aqua model, and in, in integral framework, uh, which we can try to attach to the liner notes of, of this podcast, but um, the I, it, we, it's forms of spirituality, it, it really, there's no limitation. We, we're the only ones who put limitation on how to be interconnected in that way and how to practice that level of spirituality. Yeah, and I just want to add to that, when we bring in that, those quadrants, the most holistic, engaged evolution of Christianity has to hit on all four of those. Yep. And there's a resonant hum that comes when we, the structure that we're engaged with and the community that we're engaged with and our individual experience in our body and in ourself, all of those kind of line up in a developmental space that, that matches one another uh, is so beautiful. And that's what we're going for. And so that that can keep expanding because when one of those doesn't connect, there's a dissonance, there's a there's a, a disconnect between my interior experience of connecting with the divine and what I experience at church, right? I go and it's like, oh, I actually, maybe I feel worse when I leave because it doesn't match up with my interior experience. And so, you know, if we can find ways to evolve, you know, it begins just with awareness, with, with questioning, with thinking about those things, with saying, you know, why am I doing this, right? Or what, what is happening here and why are we doing it this way? You know, and just starting to open up to what is possible. How could it be different? How might it be different? Because if we don't ask those questions, who is? You know, uh, if we're not evolving, if we're not moving into the space of possibility and generativity, um, you know, because institutions, that's not what they are built to do most naturally. It's not in their best interest. Um, or maybe they are, but they don't know how or, you know. No, no. And, and that, that's actually where I wanted to go. And I'm so thankful that you went there is when I jumped into second tier, I began to realize everything does belong it, but it has to be situated in terms of what its capacities are capable of. And up until very recent in human history, you're either f- like hyper into the structure, the, the institution that holds us all together, or you've completely thrown it out the window, like all institution is evil and it doesn't have any place and it's oppressive and it's patriarchal and it's hierarchical and and it's it's just it stinks it's 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 pugnacious but when you do jump into the integral framework it's like well the i the it the we the it's do all belong to each other but they have to be situated in other words we don't serve the structure it's okay to have structure it belongs to but it cannot have dominance in the way that it dictates to the I and the we how the I and we belong. In other words, the I and the we do not serve the structure. The structure really needs to be situated to where it's not choking out the I and the we. Yeah, it should empower our interior life. It should empower our connection with the divine. It shouldn't be what we serve or what, you know, that that is there. The structures exist to facilitate growth, to help hopefully make that something that's more possible, that's easier to move in, that 
you know, has that structure to hold the community, to hold the engagement. And when it stops doing that, when it no longer serves that, then we've outgrown it. And it may still work for some people, um, but we need to find the new structures, the new ways of those connections. And they're not going to look like the old ones, right? So that's where the work of evolution comes in. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, because when you're functioning second tier and above or integral and above, um, it'll be interesting to see how does ICN navigate those waters as it continues to grow and to expand and to, to, to create a little bit more loose and flexible structure and also contain a certain amount of um, not, you know, not destructive self-critique, but, but the capacity to say, are we staying true to the mission of this? And I believe it will. I mean, I'm not just buttering your bread again, but I do believe that uh, w- what it is that it's trying to do is not merely give people a safe place to try although that is profoundly needed and important at this time in, in, in Christian history, but it, it, it's, it's not limited to the safe, to creating safety for people to practice a certain level of spirituality, but it really is like it's, it's got an evolutionary edge to it as well. Maybe not creating its own denomination, but certainly saying, how does this fit in the grander scheme of where evolutionary spirituality is going yeah and we always want to aspire to the consciousness from which we're trying to to live and operate from and it's so easy to fall back into default ways of doing things or the common way of of doing things and you know again we've built up our knowledge our growth our understanding from those spaces and so we want to include the best of what's come from that and leave behind you know the things that don't that no longer serve. And that's always going to be a little different to different people. So, you know, we're all going to experience that differently, but it's certainly that intention, that orientation, that direction around, okay, how do we do this from, from the evolved conscious space that, that might be the next step forward, right. Or might be just a little better than what was done before. And everyone's going to fail or, you know, we're not always going to get it right, but that's how we learn. That's how things evolve is through that kind of failing forward. And the best way we do that is together with a bunch of people who are trying it in different contexts and different spaces and then connecting and saying, Oh no, no, I tried it that way. It didn't work. Well, but maybe that's your context, but maybe not, maybe there's something we can learn from that. And so that's that connecting of collaboration again with the structure hopefully supporting the unfolding of the evolution together hallelujah do you have any um final thoughts that you want to leave with our listeners i just want to yeah i guess invite people to dream about what is possible and maybe even share their dreams if uh you know if there's a comment space with the podcast or some way that we can connect on just sharing what what is your dream for the future of Christian spirituality or spirituality in general? Um, what are some things that you would love to see? What, what is possible in your dream space of emergent possibility? Uh, cause we need to share those dreams and we need to start thinking that way, uh, to see what can unfold and co-create that with spirit together. I love it. We'll see you next time, folks. I think that's a good place to wrap this up. <laughs>